Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to empower you by having guests and topics that will help you grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, my guest is Christy Spencer. Please let me tell you a little bit about Christy. The Polite Company offers individual and group etiquette coaching on business, social, and dining etiquette. Christy Spencer founded the Polite Company on the principles of consideration, respect, and honesty. Christy is a certified etiquette trainer, graduate of the Emily Post Institute, the foremost etiquette authority for the last 100 years, 25 years of experience as a journalist and businesswoman uniquely qualify her to deliver the message that good manners lead to successful personal and professional relationships. Christy has a passion for showing and sharing how excellent manners lead to personal and professional success. I chose our theme to be business etiquette from job interviews to office pet peeves. Please welcome Christy Spencer. Well, you know, I, I was, wanting to see if I could switch up a little bit and have some play with the office pet peeves because, you know, our office is like, a, a you know, how are we treating our cat or our, daughter, you know, our, our two-year-old, you know, what are we, <laughs> but I thought uh, this is something that is probably more so because we've had two years away from that guidance and, and, being able to watch others uh, doing it right or doing it wrong and uh, probably need it a lot more now than ever before. I always start out though with the easy question for you. What is the part of the country that you call your house, your home? Where do you live right now? I live outside of Joplin, Missouri, uh, right in the corner of Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri and Arkansas. So you're a country girl, just like me. (laughs) Well, that wasn't my intention, but yes, I am. (laughs) Well, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, so so we we all float wherever we go, right? So is our society forgetting what it means to have good manners? I think that we're definitely becoming more informal and things are a lot more relaxed than they, you know, were in Emily Post's day, for sure. And I think that, you know, that is a huge opportunity, 
because when people show good manners and they, you know, display those things, they can stand out so much more than they could, you know, in those days. So I think, yes, it's more informal, but we can use that to our advantage. Absolutely. I remember when my daughters were young, when we moved here to Georgia, they have cotillion. And I don't even know if they do it still, but that was my daughter's first exposure to being a proper lady and, and the etiquette. And it was great for her. It, it really made a huge difference. Yeah, and they still have cotillion all over the country. And I sent my child to cotillion as well. And, you know, it is a, a great thing for them to really learn about utensils and how to greet people and really those very simple things but that gives kids so much confidence to be able to, to do those things and not have to think about them be embarrassed about them or worry about them yeah you think of of the person who goes to a formal business dinner outing and they've got in front of them forks and spoons and they have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> yeah, and it's so hard to then carry on the conversation and learn about people when you're thinking, oh my gosh, there's <laughs> way too many utensils on the table. Where do I start? And I don't want to embarrass myself. So yeah. that, you know, just knowing a few rules really can carry people through those situations. Absolutely. With COVID, we've adopted all sorts of ways of greeting people. You and I talked about this a little bit before we got started. Should I shake someone's hand? I think you're not under an obligation to shake anybody's hand now. If you don't shake somebody's hand, then that needs to be the rule across the board is you don't shake anyone else's hands because you don't want to tell one person that you're not shaking hands and they turn around and see you shaking hands with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So obviously honesty is really important, but I think the, the key to this is before somebody goes in for that handshake, you let them know. Because once somebody puts their hand out there, we are so trained to meet their hand with our hand that it would be really uncomfortable not to go ahead and shake their hand or to kind of just halfway shake their hand, yeah. you know, with, with um, you know, some pause there. So I think that you have to be the first one. If that is, if that is what you want to do is not shake hands, absolutely fine. You just need to let people know before the interaction takes place. Very good. So this is a tough one probably for some people, but why don't parents teach their children good manners? I, I, I believe that they do teach them, but teaching is more than just telling. Mm. Teaching is something that they're going to see the parent do day in and day out. And so if parents might not be comfortable in their own skills. Mm. And they might think etiquette or manners is about having your pinky out or <laughs> doing, you know, all these shishu frou-frou things when really it's just, if you can uh, teach your kids, you know, the magic words of please, thank you, you're welcome, excuse me, and I'm sorry, you've really, you know, given them such a gift to get through life. So I think that, you know, people have to see it modeled and kids need to see it in their everyday life. And as a society, mm -hmm. we glorify so much incivility and 
you know, it, I think that, that that's kind of where it stems from. Yeah. So I, I know that holding a, the door for someone and and it's not just a guy thing, you know, if I see an elderly person or whatnot to do something like that, or if I'm the first person at the door, just to hold it for them, I, I just think that is a kind gesture, always, always kind of goes back to etiquette to me, a lot of times goes back to the good book, you know, what would you want done to you? Absolutely. So there's the golden rule. And then mm -hmm. there's the platinum rule where we want to think, you know, how do I want or I treat people as they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And so that really takes into account what people's preferences are about shaking hands or their cultural background. And so mm -hmm. I might prefer that somebody shakes my hand, but to really exercise etiquette and manners is to think about well what does that person want not what what I do necessarily so I, it really is very simple sorry for interrupting but that just brought a, a thing to my mind I remember the first time that I was going to be traveling for business international and the the first thing my manager said was here read this book on the culture I think that's something that that we really need to do because respect is goes two ways right and absolutely i spent time as a teenager in japan mm. and talk about what an amazing opportunity it was to yeah. see so many culturally different things from the united states to japan so really just asking questions and watching people and listening and you know, checking your perceptions and, and what you think is the thing to do at mm. the door and, and learning about other cultures really changes your entire mindset. And I think that's really important when we talk about job interviews, but also a lot of the audience is an entrepreneur and our world is not global. You know, we have this no, you know, no borders kind of thing. So I think understanding and researching the cultural etiquette is probably important for us. It is, and you know, you don't have to go to another country to experience another culture. We're in our living rooms and you know, we're global just by you know, the nature of where we are. So I think that you know, having that understanding and understanding the differences, but then also understanding you know, what are the similarities. Mm -hmm. Um, people talk about, you know, bowing versus shaking hands. Well, then the manner changes from place to place, but the principle behind it is that you treat people with respect and you greet them. So keeping that principle in mind really helps. Awesome. So what about etiquette on social media? Well, we... First of all, have to remember that there is a person on the other end of that comment or their Instagram account, you know, people, um, there's no reason, there's no benefit to making somebody feel poorly. Mm -hmm. And so I think if people keep in mind, that's a person on the other end, just like I am. Um, we also talk about the bulletin board rule. So if mm -hmm. you wouldn't print it out and put it on the bulletin board, at your child's school or at your work or at your church, don't put it on social media because people are held responsible for their beliefs and or their comments that they mm -hmm. make. 
And so it, it is a comment on, you know, people's belief systems and their integrity. And so, you know, really keeping those two things in mind, it's really a person. And if you wouldn't say it in person, don't say it online. I used to tell my daughters, if it's okay to put on the bus that goes up and down Roswell Road, <laughs> it's <Absolutely>. okay to say. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to take, it's, you know, kind of get into that job interview. If, if you have an, a new applicant and they are preparing for that job interview, what do they need to do from an etiquette and um, perspective? The first thing is you want to be on time. And being on time for a job interview might mean arriving five to 10 minutes early. <laughs> beyond that, sit and wait to go in because beyond 15 minutes, you're really, you know, cutting into somebody's schedule and what they had planned. So, you know, giving that five to 10 minutes, you want to research, you know, who the company is, mm -hmm. how you get there, how long it takes to get there, what people wear in that company. And so when you do a job interview, you want to take your dress just a notch up. So, you know, you can always Google pictures of that workplace and, and see what the attire is and then take it up just a notch. Mm. And then I think you want to keep your body language engaged the whole time, mm. keep your shoulders towards somebody, look people in the eye or, you know, the trick of looking people kind of in the yeah. middle of their forehead, mm -hmm. all those kinds of things just to show that you're engaged and then listen, yeah. you know, it's not your time to have a monologue. This is when you're <laughs> going to listen and ask questions and have that conversation. Oh, so true. I think sometimes people are awkward in answering questions that you are trying to just get the questions out so quickly that they don't take time to think about it. You know, in what I do, I teach about the power of the pause. I think in an interview, that pause, getting comfortable with the quiet is, is not a bad thing, right? Doesn't that take work though, <laughs> to, to be comfortable enough to collect your thoughts? And we never think poorly of somebody who takes a moment to yeah. collect their thoughts. You think, wow, you know, they were, they were thinking, they were processing, they were taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. And it shows so much confidence in yourself to be able to have that silence instead of fumbling for the right word. Right, right. So after the interview is over, what etiquette should they um, use at that point? You know, people will buy a new suit and they'll buy new shoes and they'll get a haircut and those are fantastic. But spend 50 cents <laughs> on a stamp for the envelope. It's so important. And I think even if you're afraid that your thank you might arrive after the decision's been made, send it, go ahead and send an email and say, thank you so much. But always, always follow up with a handwritten thank you. Mm -hmm. It can be very short and very simple, but that is such an easy way to stand out from the crowd. Etiquette, you know, can again be that differentiator 
and you know things are less and less formal like we talked about before job candidates are less and less likely to send that thank you so it's so easy to stand out just by sending it absolutely and and it's not just for us old folks too you know <laughs> it's right. anyone anyone i i think i'm more impressed whenever a 20 something sends a thank you than whenever i get a 30 or 40 year old that's sending the thank you i think it it works for anybody but it is especially touching when you mm -hmm. get a thank you from a younger person because it makes you think oh you know what if you know manners are not forgotten and yeah. if this person understands the power of you know the card handwriting and making sure to send it within you know 24 to 48 hours and to me too it also has some insight if you think about it being in business is all about relationships as we are learning more and more every day and that is the first step in building a relationship you may not get hired by that person but there may be another job at another time that comes up and that person will cross your life and that thank you will be a reminder absolutely it's really an an easy way but i think it's intimidating to some <laughs> people because they don't want to do it wrong or they don't like their penmanship or you know they're they're afraid of this and that just do it you know, mm -hmm. and make a practice of it. And that's just part of the routine. I think yeah. uh, just getting people to do that would be, is magic. Yeah, for sure. So on my last question is, <clears throat> conference calls drove me crazy in the 70s, 80s, 90s, <laughs> early 2020s, where you had no person on the other side until we started with Skype and WebEx and all those kind of things. And then when you had those, you had just names on the, the screen, no person. I love being able to see a person on the other side because it helps me to know when you wanna say something. How many of us have been the other person that have been waiting for that break <laughs> in the conversation? where you could say something. So I think there should be some sort of etiquette for Zoom rooms and these uh, various conference calls that we have. What are your thoughts on that? I think, again, you know, being on time is super important, but, you know, having that camera on really allows people to have cues and to have input in the meeting. So when a camera's off, it's kind of a mystery what that person is doing. You know, are mm -hmm. they folding clothes? Are they really <laughs> working? Are they, you know, on vacation? So <laughs> turning that camera on really takes the mystery out. And I think it helps you focus on the other yeah. person because, you know, now you're you're looking at somebody and you're not multitasking yeah. and you're you, you know, you're really concentrating on that person. So I think cameras on, I hear so many businesses when they say, Oh, well. Who turned their camera on? We're not doing that. And I think that, yeah. that that's a mistake, especially when we're not having the connection that we used to have in person, at least to see the person on the other end is important. And when people are going to see you, dress appropriately, comb your hair, you know, look at your background and see 
you know, is there, is there laundry on the bed or there dirty dishes in the sink? Find a corner and it doesn't have to be decorated, but it just needs to not be distracting. Right. And I think, you know, you know, again, dressing the part, you don't need to put your three-piece suit on as if you were going into the office and, you know, kind of silly, but you need to look professional. And I think the cameras help so much with not um, interrupting other people and, and talking over them. I think, you know, we're, we're given this gift of technology. Let's use it and be polite while we're doing it. So true. So true. I, I as I said, had so many meetings where there just was, you got that talker and there were people that you knew that wanted to contribute, but they couldn't because they, no one knew that that other person was trying to say anything. And it, if you try to interrupt, it just throws off the meeting so much as well. So very good advice. It is time now for rapid fire. So this is where I will give you a phrase. You just tell me what comes to mind in your thoughts on the phrase. How do you say no nicely? The first thing you do is think about it. An immediate no means you haven't thought about it. So you wanna think about it. You wanna appreciate the person's asking. So thank you so much for asking. Yeah. I cannot do it. And you're going to be firm mm. in that no and you know, uh, definitely hold your ground. But I think if you go ahead and appreciate that person and show them kindness, it softens things. Mm. And so I think the important thing is, you know, to think about it. The worst thing is to not give an answer, <laughs> but, you know, giving an answer too soon that you didn't even really consider is, is not great, but then thank them for it. And, you know, tell them I'm not interested, period. I'm not interested this year. You know, you can put some time frame on it as well. Yeah, because sometimes it isn't a no-no, it's a not now, not yet. Absolutely. But we don't want to do like our moms used to say, no, because I said so. <laughs> right, yeah. And I, you know, and, and the last thing we want to do are, you know, those white lies or excuses. Because oh, just yeah. Just like the shaking hand, you're going to get found out. So yeah. in this world of social media, you know, if you say you can't go somewhere and then you show up someplace else, people are going to find out. <laughs> So what would be some tips? We talked about a little bit about cotillion, but what are some tips for parents who are trying to be that example for their children, their teens? I think really, I find that teens are the most receptive to learning manners because mm -hmm. again, it kind of has a, a bad reputation and people think that it's much more complicated than it is. And mm. when they find out it's about respecting somebody else and being considerate and yeah. un honest with them, it's really demystified. <laughs> and it does, it, it's not this, this list of rules, it's taking every interaction and saying, how can I build a relationship out of this? And mm -hmm. even if it is saying no, or something that, that seems like there's gonna be some tension there, Easing that over by knowing what to say and how to say it really empowers people. So I think, you know, parents just need to model that. Yeah. And 
treat their children with consideration, <laughs> respect, and honesty. And I think that that's what kids will will give back. At least I hope so. I um, have a teenager right now, and so um, it is. It's hard to navigate all mm-hmm. of the hormones and the changes and the pressures that they mm-hmm. have are are really immense. And yeah. so just appreciating that and um, keeping the lines of communication open, but just treating them the way you want them to treat you. What does it mean to you when I say making messages matter? I think it goes back to picking what you say and picking what you don't say and listening to people because that's, we convey so much meaning by our body language Mm -hmm. that is not always what we say that's the message. It's (laughs) how we say it. So we can use those magic words of thank you, I'm sorry, but said Mm -hmm. in a sarcastic tone or when your actions don't match those words, you've done so much more damage. So true. What did you take away from 25 years in journalism? That people really want to do good for their communities. And journalists, like etiquette, has sometimes a bad rap. And it's very difficult for people to deliver that news on a daily basis Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're people. And so when horrible things happen to people or our community, you know, we're right there. And so I think, you know, understanding that, again, there's a person on the other end of that and really bringing humanity back to media and what we represent of our communities is so, so important. Bringing humanity back, that's awesome. So what advice would you give your 20-year-old self today? That's a great question. <laughs> I know. I so like many volumes. things. <laughs> uh, well, well, one, wear sunscreen. <laughs> that would have been a good one. <laughs> and I think um, don't do things because you think it's the mm-hmm. expectation. Find that thing that makes your heart sing whether or not it's safe and do that. That's awesome. (laughs) Find what makes your heart sing. Well, it is time for us to warn everyone that is just listening in to grab a pencil and paper because I'm going to share contact information. I'm sure that you want to know how to get in touch with Christy. So let me share my screen. So Christy's contact information is she can be reached at the website, the Polite Company, that's the, P-O-L-I-T-E-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com, the Polite Company. She's on Facebook. You can find her by searching Christy Spencer.79. And she's on LinkedIn. Just search Christy Spencer and you'll find her. So once again, if you want to know more about what she does, learn more about how you can be impactful and please go to her website 
and contact her with any questions you have. She shared a lot of great tips, a lot of great advice for us, things that we all need to think about because we are always a walking example for someone. Everybody is always watching us and how we lead our lives are um, being impactful to others. So, so great to have you on. Very, very nice to meet you. And um, hopefully we can talk about some things uh, in the future as well. I would love that. Yes, awesome. So once again, this is Vicki Nethling and I, uh, as always, end saying that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling. Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.